You're now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. Shut up. The book of 2 Kings. Amen. I know y'all paying attention. Somebody said, he didn't, he didn't say that right, did he? Let us consider the book of 2 Kings, which is the Old Testament. Going to read several scriptures, several verses. Uh, matter of fact, we're going to read about 14 verses this morning. Hold on. Some of y'all ain't never read over 10 verses at one time. You hold on. It ain't going to hurt you. Now, I'm not going to deal with all of these verses, but for the sake of clarity and understanding, I want us to really be able to grasp the great significance of this story, which just happens to be one of my favorite stories in the Bible because it provides so much clarity on so many things. And um, again, I just love it. Second Kings chapter number five, and we're going to begin reading at verse number one. We're going to conclude reading at verse number 14, and this is a familiar story with many of us as well. Now, the Bible said, Now Naaman, a commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man. I'm reading out the New King James Version. Now Naaman, a commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man, in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria. Watch this statement. For he would heal him of his leprosy. Leprosy at the time being an incurable disease. Something that if a person would get leprosy, it was almost like a death sentence. Because the physicians knew they could not cure leprosy. If you was a leper, that's just what you was going to forever be. So we're already teaching to somebody, see, God can change Things that when man look at it, that's just the way man thinks you always going to be. Come on, some of us that saved this morning, folk didn't see us as we are this morning. Come on, y'all need to be honest. Some, some of us told lies all the time. Folk didn't think. I'm just trying to break it down. That, that some of you would ever stop lying. And so God is able to change what people may look at as something that can never be changed. That's when you need to always let your light shine. That's when you always need. Oh, God, come on, somebody. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus saith the girl 
who is from the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, ten changes of clothing. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, watch this, we're still in verse 6, now be advised when this letter comes to you that I have sent Naaman my servant to you that you may heal him of his leprosy. Watch this. I love this. I told you this one of my favorite stories. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and make alive that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider and seek how, and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. The king of Israel was astonished. He said, I'm praying for you. How in the world can this man send a letter to me asking me to heal somebody who has Leprous. And then notice what the king said, and, and I'm paraphrasing. He, he said, is he trying to start something? Because what he is asking, he know it can't be done. Is he trying to, to get something going? You know, sometimes folks ask you stuff and they're just trying to start something. Come on, somebody. Verse 8, so it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes that he sent to the king saying, why have you torn your clothes? What has caused you to, to act in such a way? And, and, and back in the east, you know, this was a sign of just somebody in great distress. This is just a custom. They would tear their clothes. Then notice what Elijah said. He said, please let him come to me. And he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be be clean. Told y'all already about simple instructions. Verse 11. But Naaman became furious. Went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me. Stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. And wave his hand over the place and and heal the leprosy. Are not the Abana and the Parfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. His servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, Wash and be clean. So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. What we have 
is a man in the beginning when given instructions by the prophet because Elijah had to get the word from God. He had to get the word from God. Now, when Elijah got the word from God, he simply gave to Naaman what God gave to him. Y'all going to hang in here this morning? That's all he did. That's what a prophet does. A prophet speaks the mind of God for the present and the future, the near and distant future. But a prophet speaks the mind of God. Naming you a leprosy. What's on the mind of God is that you will get your healing if you go dip seven times in the Jordan River. But I want you to see in this initial story that Naaman refuses to do his part. See, all he got to do is dip seven times. He ain't got to heal himself. He ain't got to do nothing but dip. Y'all ain't with me. He ain't got to do nothing but some of you. He ain't got to do nothing but dip seven times. That's, he, he ain't got to produce a healing. All he got to do is do his part. And at the beginning, he is unwilling to do his part. Until his servants basically said to him, look, man, <laughs> all you got to do is do your part. And he went and did his part. And his flesh was restored like that of a little child. And, and listen, I, I'm talking smooth skin. I don't care what lotion you just about put on. When you don't got old, you can't you can't have that skin. If you think I'm playing, you 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 look at a skin of a little child. Now, person, I lose. I use baby baby lotion, person. But it ain't ever <laughs> made my. Now it, it helps me. I don't know what y'all use. I'm just. I shouldn't even say it that, but it's out there now, though. So let me give y'all a few minutes to forget about that and move on. But when he did his part, I'm trying to move on. Don't y'all be thinking about that baby lotion now. Don't ask me about that baby lotion. <laughs> Ask me something about this word, okay? <laughs> the subject this morning, do your part. Look at somebody just tell him or her, do your part. Look at two more folks and tell them what the subject is. Y'all mind shouting it at another person? Just shout the subject to somebody else. And let's give God a thunderous hand of praise. Come on. Naaman, in the beginning of the story, has some very interesting traits about himself. Notice 2 Kings 5 Verse 1, now Naaman, the commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man. This story about Naaman starts by the writer allowing us to know that he was, number one, a great man, simply meaning that when it came to Naaman, he was a distinguished man. He was a successful man. 
Notice that the Bible also attaches to Naaman that he was a honorable man. He was a man who was worthy of honor. He was a man who was to be respected. Now we notice how even when it came to his master, that his master cared a great deal for him. But notice also when the Bible says that he was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master. Because of him, the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor. When it came to Naaman, Naaman was a man who had great courage and strength. Now, when the Bible talks about Naaman being a man of valor, it is also allowing us to know that in times of danger or difficulty, Naaman was not a coward or a wimp. Come on, somebody. In our day and time, we would let it be known that Naaman was not a punk. Not at all. Not at all. He was a mighty man of valor. But isn't it amazing how you can have a whole lot of things going right in your life, but it doesn't mean that you are without your own problems. Come on, I'm already teaching right. Yeah, you can have a number of things that's going right for you, but you can still have problems that exist in your life. Not just problems that exist in your life, but you can have the kind of problems that you can't solve on your own. There's good news for somebody that's got a problem this morning that you can't solve. Somebody got a situation going on that you don't have the answers to. I wonder, has anybody ever faced a problem in your life and you tried to take that problem on using your gifts, using your intelligence, using the Internet? You tried Googling how to solve a certain problem, but no matter what you did, I'm already, I'm talking good to somebody, you could not solve that problem. But what I love about God is that there is no problem that he can not solve. There's no problem he does not have the answer to. And when you find this out about God and you start allowing him to help you with your problems, he will make you look smarter than what you actually are. Oh, I should have got more amens than that. When you start allowing God to give you wisdom with your problems. See, there are things that God can tell you that it'll take a lifetime for a person to learn, but God can just drop wisdom on you that will change, watch this, your situation within 24 hours. Pastor, how can it change in 24 hours? Because when God gives you an answer to a problem, you immediately have peace before the problem ever really changes. Oh, I'm talking right. It's the way you feel about the problem. The problem was dominating you. The problem was depressing you. But when God gave you the answer to the problem, peace came in your heart. Anybody ever been there? You already knew everything is going to be all right. This right here going to work out for me. I, I can go ahead and shout. I can go ahead and dance. I, oh, I love that about God. I love that about God. God can show you not only the beginning and what's going to happen in the middle, but mainly God can show you the end. And I can't tell you how many problems God has helped me out with. Things that I did not know. But can I confess something to you? Now, it used to be one of my problems was 
that I would always think if a problem came up that was similar to a last problem, I had the type mindset, well, 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 maybe what I did last time will work. But see, what I'm trying to get somebody to recognize this morning is there's no problem in your life that God cannot help you to solve. There's no problem that he doesn't have the solution. I wish you'd tell somebody real quick, whatever the problem may be, God has the antidote. Ooh, look at somebody and tell them, no matter what the problem may be, God has the antidote. How many believe that this morning before we go forward? How many believe whatever you're dealing with this morning, you believe that God has the antidote, the cure, the solution? Listen, even if people have told you, look, concerning that problem, you're going to always battle that. You're never going to defeat that. You're never coming out of that. No, I disagree because God has the antidote. Now, many of you already knew it, but he's reminding you again that I have your solution. Why is it important with Naaman? Because when it came to him being a leper, all of his wonderful traits couldn't cure him. But sometimes with saints of God, as we will see with Naaman, him being great, him being honorable, him having great courage and great strength, it, it often reminds me that no matter how great we are, we can all have moments where we step back into the seat of a fool. Yeah, I don't care, I don't care how y'all look, I don't care. Everybody can have a moment. Despite how wise you are, we can all step back and sit in the seat. Before I talk about how Naaman did it, and you're going to see it, let's deal with foolish people. Yeah, you didn't see that coming. Go to Proverbs. You didn't see that coming. You didn't see that coming. Look at Proverbs. Look at Proverbs 12. Remember, go to your Bible. If you don't know where these books are at, Go to the table of content, but be there. Be where I am. Proverbs, the 12th chapter. Proverbs, the 12th chapter. Notice. You remember Naaman in the beginning, he didn't want to do his part. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back and show it to you later on. But remember, Naaman actually thought that he had a better solution. Come on. Remember, Na Naaman basically thought there was two ways. He was going to get healed. And see, that's some of our problem. God will tell you that something's going to be done, but, 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 but you think you know how he ought to bring it. See, see, if you know so much, God ought to just say, hey, yeah, you're going to do it then. How, how many have been guilty of ever tr trying to act like you knew more than God? I know I have. Man, some of my frustration with God has, has been born out of <laughs> just saying to God sometimes, Lord, all you got to do is we just a thousand dollars short. All we all we need, Lord, is one thousand dollars. But notice what Proverbs twelve says. Notice what Proverbs twelve and fifteen says. See, we have to be careful that we don't sit in the seat of a fool. God trying to get you your better. He's trying to get you your bigger. And you can't get the bigger and the better playing the fool. Come on. I said you can't get the bigger, the better that God has for you playing the fool. Proverbs 12 and 15, the Bible says, the way of a fool 
is right in his own eyes. The way of a fool is right in his or her own eyes. See, you mess up when you argue with the fool. Because no matter what you say, no matter how much wisdom you give, no matter how many verses you quote, that fool thinks they right. Don't say you don't argue with fools. Just be careful because you may end up arguing with the fool before the day over. You know, it's all right to say, Lord, Lord, I pray you continue helping me that I don't get up caught up in arguing with a fool. Notice it again. Notice it again. The fool or the way of a fool, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes or understanding. That means when you try to correct how a fool thinks, talks, or acts according to the fool's understanding, their thinking is right. Nothing wrong with what they're saying. You tell them, hey, you shouldn't say that. You can't tell me what to say. You may have more wisdom to me, but you don't control my mouth, and you can't tell me what comes out of my mouth. But see, you got to understand, it ain't about nobody trying to control you. Anybody who's wise is never going to try to control another human being. But you got to understand, when a wise person is talking to you, the correction that they're giving you is for your benefit. For your betterment. Right? Is that right? But see, the fool is right. Correct. Listen, have you ever been a fool and was wrong? And ready to stand your ground. I didn't get some amen from some folks. I'm looking at you. You need to start nodding your head or doing something. Have you ever been wrong? But you were ready to stand on your position. Attitude all in your body language. But later on, you found out. I was wrong. Tell you, you ain't right just because you talk the loudest. Tell your neighbor, you ain't right just because you're willing to throw stuff. Tell your neighbor, you ain't right. Just because you're willing to walk out. You ain't right just because you get the last word. Some of us are so foolish we actually think we want an argument because we got the final say. But what you did was really seal how foolish you was. That sometimes a person with wisdom will give you the final say to see if there's change in you. Let me tell you four things about a fool. Yeah, see, you need to know if you want. I need to know if I'm one. 
don't want to leave it. They said, man, he broke that fool down. But I, I, he really didn't tell us what a fool was, though. But it was still good. See, I wanted to be better than good. You see what I'm saying? Now, number one, a fool is a stubborn person. Now, listen, there can be a positive meaning to being stubborn, but I'm using it in a negative sense. It's good when you're when, when you're standing on the word to be stubborn and say, hey, I ain't moving. I ain't moving off the word. Yeah, you need to be stubborn when it comes to the word, the will of God. Yeah, I ain't moving off of this. But I'm using it in a negative sense. Because when you're stubborn, you are unwilling to listen or receive wisdom. You're stubborn. You're, you're unwilling. Notice that word, you're unwilling. What did that say to us? That when we sit in the seat of a fool sometimes, we're, we're not doing something that we could easily do. Notice that you're unwilling to listen. Don't mean you can't listen. You're unwilling to do it. Now some of us, we're unwilling because we allow our feelings to get the best of us. You, you can never be so angry that you can't listen. Come on, I need to say that again. We can never be so angry that we can't listen. Some of you know you done got so mad at somebody that you couldn't hear nothing they were saying. That ain't good. You need to calm yourself down. That's too angry right there. I've had folk hot at me, angry. And they didn't even hear the apology. They still argue, hey, I said you're right. Oh, I didn't hear that. No, you, you, you too busy going off. You won the argument 20 minutes ago. That's good teaching. Because you have folk get so caught up in their feelings. Parents, how many times have you tried to talk to your children? Young or old. And they were so caught up in their feelings. They so caught up in proving mama wrong. That they willing to play the fool. To feel like. I got mama this time. Oh, I got daddy backed up in this corner. He ain't coming out this corner. He wrong this time. But see, we don't need to be stubborn and unwilling to listen. Listen to me now. When God is speaking through somebody. Remember I said earlier, he has the answer to problems. But he often puts the answer inside of a person. Think, think, think about that. Now, God, now some of you may not know this, but God has spoken through animals. According to the scripture, he spoke through a donkey. But I'm going to tell you about me. If I got my choice between God speaking through a dog and a person, God use this person. Because I don't know how I'm going to act if a dog walk up to me and start talking. I just don't know. Now, some of y'all deeper than me. You sit there and have a conversation with Spot just like it ain't nothing. I'm liable to be three blocks down the road before Spot ever get out of his mouth what God told him to tell me. Don't miss what I said. But he often puts the answer in a person. Let me tell you something about God. And sometimes God will put your answer in a person that you mad at. Because he's going to humble you. You ever said, I'll listen to anybody, but I won't listen to her. And that's when we have people slow to learn because you got to hear it from somebody. But there's somebody been trying to tell you about yourself. But you've been refusing to listen based upon who they are. You got, you got, you know, I almost say it's stupid, but you got men who won't listen to their wives. 
Brother, is she right? She just right. Well, Pastor, she's been right the last three times. She ain't getting no fourth. She ain't going to connect four. Come on, come on. See, you ain't playing games. If she get connect four on you, hey, so be it. There's some tightening up I need to do. I apologize the last time. So, you was wrong last time. And if you're wrong the next ten times, you're going to apologize ten times. Not me, Pastor. Not me. You don't realize when you're wrong and refuse to repent, you don't realize what a bad place you're in. Number two is a person who is easily duped, tricked, deceived, or bewitched. When you're a fool, anybody can do They can easily get over on you. Are you seeing why God don't want his people to sit in the seat of a fool? You easily duped, easily deceived, easily tricked, easily bewitched. Because most of the time when, when you're sitting in the seat of a fool, you won't listen to the right people. But you quick to run to the wrong people and want their opinion about a situation, listen to me, that they have no wisdom. Isn't that amazing? You, you, you talking to people that don't know what they talking about. And you just eating up everything that they saying. You a fool. You a fool. Have you ever been a fool? Have you ever been a fool? Some of you right now, you you talking to people, you having conversations with people about things that they don't know what they're talking about. Young people, be careful. Be careful. Don't 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 don't, don't listen to a person just because they wear our Jordan. You hear me? Because this is often what you say, Pastor, you're taking your time. Yeah, because this teaching got to sink. Because when you start listening to the wrong people, they start giving you the wrong advice. See, you, you're not going to get the outcome that they telling you you're going to get. Woo! Quiet in the house. Quiet in the house. Number three, quiet in the house. A person... A fool is a person who is silly or weak-minded. When, when you can't be told that you're wrong, you're weak-minded. I had a person tell me one time, they admitted that I was right. I, can't, I think it happened in my office. They admitted that I was right. But this is what they told me. They said, now you're right in what you said. But I could have received it better if you would have built me up before you said it to me. I, I, said, but, I said, but there's a problem with that because God just told me to get with you about what you were wrong about. He didn't tell me to build you. See, that's the wrong attitude. Y'all looking at me funny, but some of y'all are weak-minded in that sometimes you will miss the point because of how it's being delivered. Now, now listen, I'm admitting that, that when we say things to people, we need to watch our attitude. But there are going to be times that God is going to send you rebuke. In a strong manner. 
Come on, somebody. So, so you can't be so weak-minded that you allow how somebody's looking or the tone of their voice to cause you to miss what it was that God was delivering to you in the first place. Come on, come on. I, I know I'm right. There's some weak-minded people in here. You'll receive what I say if I'm on the left side and I ain't in front of you. But if I say the same thing and it looked like I was looking at you, you weak-minded. And you think I was just talking about you. Depending on your level of maturity, sometimes God will say things to you. You better listen to me. He doesn't care to know how you feel about it. Will you didn't let me say how I feel? I don't need to hear how you feel at this point. Quiet in the house. Anybody remember the old days when your parents just told you shut up and go on? It wasn't like new school parenting. You know, you got to sit down with the child and have an hour conversation. And uh... Well, my mom just said, don't say another word. Not another word. Because what you're going to make me do is get you for the old and the new. If you know what's good for you, get on out of my face right now. Now you said something. But it wasn't what she could hear. You I know I'm teaching right. Because sometimes people want to take the conviction off of what's being said. They don't want to feel bad about But there are times you're being corrected. You need to feel bad about what you've done. You don't need to leave here feeling good about what you said. And I ain't going to get caught up in your feelings. That I get out of the will of God messing with you. You all right? You ain't mad at me, are you? Sometimes you got to rebuke folks and just say, I know they mad. Won't get no call from them for a while. We may or may not be getting up with them going out deep. We don't know that. That's all hanging. And finally, there's a person who does not like admitting when they're wrong, so they refuse to change. Look at Ecclesiastes, one book. Look at Ecclesiastes. Anybody learning? He's helping us now. He's helping me. Mm. I may have some folk upset with me now, but I got to keep doing it. We, we, we got to heal so we can learn, so we can get better. Ecclesiastes 7. And just like if your supervisor reprimand you. One of the worst things you could do when, 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 when somebody that's in authority is rebuking you about something is for you to say stuff like, well, you know, uh, Susie did the same thing. Ain't nobody said anything about Susie. That really show your immaturity. Okay, so what I want to know, you calling me in here telling me what I didn't do, but I want to know, is everybody else got the same kind of... It, that, <laughs> that ain't none of your business. Oh, they just had to say it to me in front of everybody. Yeah, sometimes people in authority will use you as a point of reference. What my parents said. Sometimes, parents, did you, did, was you a little bit harder on the older one? Come on, did, did you ever try to teach some lessons through, through an older child to get to some younger children? Come on, what my parents said. They, they letting the younger children know as they listen, like, you don't want to do what she did. Am I right? See, sometimes rebuke don't just come, but sometimes God will allow rebuke to come in the open, in front of people. Look at Ecclesiastes 7. Thank y'all for your patience. Ecclesiastes 7. Let me deal with somebody. Ecclesiastes 7 and 5. It is better. It's better. 
Now the writer about to tell us what's more advantageous. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. It's better to hear the rebuke of the wise than to hear the song of fools. It's better. Well, you know, Pastor, I could go over here and they won't talk to me like that. Yeah, but it's better to stay here and get the rebuke than to run somewhere where they're going to tickle your ears. See, even this message right now, there are a lot of preachers, they, they can't even preach such a message in the church. Too strong for a lot of people. Too strong. Now, a person that's weak-minded, they liable to lead church today and just be like, that's it with Pastor. He think I don't know. But I know. He set up there the whole time calling me a fool in front of the whole church. And you don't think people didn't know that he was talking to me. Man, you weak-minded. You weak-minded. Because, see, one thing I found out, there's going to always be somebody, if you search long enough, that'll tell you what you want to hear. Come on. Even how I preach on certain things, some of y'all are constantly on YouTube trying to find something that's in line with what you want to hear. That's when I don't ever teach like, you know, my voice is the only voice people listen to. No. No. Some folks just like that. Some folks, you can give them what's right. But they're going to keep running from person to person until finally they find that person that say, you know what? Between me and you. And then I hope you understand. You keep this between me and you. What you just told me. Oh, they wrong for that. Now, you ain't heard the other side. Oh, damn, I'm telling you, yeah, they, they wrong for that. See, see, you're getting what you want. Pastor, I didn't really come today to be to, for you to talk about fools. But see, I got a job to do. And, and the thing about it is that you have people out here not listening to the folk they need to listen to. But yet they're ruining their lives listening to the wrong people. Look at it again. We, we in the close. Look at it again. It's better to hear. Listen, listen what the writer says. It's better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. Tell your neighbor, when it comes to rebuke, correction, sometimes, tell your neighbor, it hurts. Tell your neighbor, sometimes it hurts. Come on, look, look, look somebody say, sometime it hurt to hear something about yourself that you don't want to see in yourself. Come on, that hurt. That hurt what people call the ego of a person. See, sometimes when God corrected, the very thing he's trying to bruise is my ego. Come on. But never let the fact that rebuke hurts cause you not to receive. And, and see, listen to me. And, and, and when we are young, 
We heard it. We received it. We mad about it. But when you're young, that's okay. That's okay. It's okay to just say, I'm, 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 I'm. They got me hot. I'm hot. Come on. When you're young, it's okay. Do, do your breathing treatments. Get your cool off moment. Whatever you need. But when you are young, go through your process. Go through your process. I can't talk right now. I just wanted to make sure I speak to you. How, how you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm. Okay. I'm, I'm the first one to speak. Hey, how you doing? I'm, I'm still going through my process. I'm still. I'm, I'm, I'm still a little hurt. It was it was three messages ago, but it, it, it's still I'm still kind of kind of taking it. I had a person meet with me one time. They said, Pastor, they said I've been. Eventually, the person left the church, and it was a good thing for the church. But they said, Pastor, I, I've been upset with you about uh, something that happened, and you know, and. Uh, I've been holding on to it. But Pastor, now I know that you're right. You was right the, the moment you said it to me, but it took me a while. They said this. And, and I was like, I, and I, you know, sometimes when I'm looking, I'm like, what the world are you talking about? Y'all ain't no happy. I'm saying, what the you talking about? They said, Pastor, now it's been over two years. <laughs> I was like, you mean to tell me? A man, you've been walking around for over two years taking it, but as you mature, even when correction hurts, you learn to move past the hurt and do what was said. Take it, but that's where you got to get to. The process has to speed up. Your maturity has to get stronger. Why is that? Because there's some things God wants to say to you that will change your life. But it's coming by correction. There are some things you don't have Because you won't do your part. And anybody who loves you is never going to try to put the blame on God, the man of God, the supervisor, your friend, your mama, or whomever, when they know that you're not doing. Because God, I'm finna call, always does his part. You better high five three people and tell them, show he right. Come on, I'm, I'm in the cold, but, but tell somebody, show he right. God always does his part. Let me teach it right. But if I see you and you have a desire for something, but I know you're not doing your part, if I love you, I'll tell you. I'll tell you because I love you. I'll preach what's right because I love you. I'll rebuke you because I. Proverbs 1, and then we're, then we're going to close in 2 Kings. Proverbs 1. Had to get it all in because folk don't recognize that. There are people right now, you don't have certain things. And you're not going to get certain things. 
until you start doing your part. And the person you need to be upset with the most is you. Come on here, somebody. Have you ever got upset with yourself for not doing your part? I know I'm talking right. Go, 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 go to Proverbs 1. There are things I ask God for. He basically, in time past, will let me know, look, you got to do your part. You got to do what I've been telling you to do. And if you'll go ahead, son, and do what I'm telling you to do, I'm going to do for you what you cannot do. I just gave somebody their rhema. All you got to do to bring about your miracle is do your part. And what you can't do, God already know about it. Oh, I'm teaching right. God already know about your shortcoming. God already know what you got in the bank. God already know what's in your 401k. He already knows that the medicine you've been taking is not getting to the problem that's in your body. He already knows. He just needs you and me to do our part. Last thing on, 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 on rebuke, and then we're going to hit the story, and then we're going to be done. Proverb 1, verse number 29, because they hated knowledge. He talking about his folk. Because they hated knowledge. See, when you won't take rebuke, when somebody's telling you you're not doing your part, and you're getting mad, you hate knowledge. When you're doing something wrong, and a person has the courage to explain to you the right way of doing it. Why are you fighting them? Why are you hating knowledge? Can I be honest? It's your marriage that's jacked up, not mine. I'm trying to tell you what I did to have a productive marriage. I'm going to run long today. Now, I know you have folk, they say stuff like, well, pastor, now wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because even a wino can tell you what to do. That's the problem in the church. We ain't talking about no wino. We talking about divine wisdom. <laughs> ain't nobody broke gonna lecture me about having money. You listen to them. I got better things to do. Come on. You desperate and single. So so and so single, but she ain't desperate. Now you know you desperate, but you don't come to singles meet. We set it up for the singles. But when you hate knowledge, you had something to do that day. I hear you. And despise my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way. See, when you despise knowledge, divine knowledge, look what the Bible says. You're going to eat the fruit of your own way and be filled to the full. With their own fancies. See, they bottom line. You ain't going to get what God had for you. You're going to get what you're able to do. You're going to get what you able to produce. Making a lot of money, but still ain't happy. Go to Second King. Let's close. Yeah. You're going to get what you're able to produce. But see, I got a taste of what God is able to do. When he let me get a taste of what he was able to do for me, I told him, God, don't give me what I want. Give me what you desire for me to have that I might live. Yeah. 
above only and never beneath. In 2 Kings 5, Naaman thought he had the answers. Says, why could he not wave his hand over? He didn't want to do that. Why he couldn't send me to, 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 to two cleaner rivers, two popular rivers in Damascus. This city is known for those rivers. Why couldn't I go back toward my house and, 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 and get in the water? And I want you to notice that when he got the instructions, I got to bring this major point home and close. When he got the instructions, the Bible said he was furious. But his anger increased, somebody really needs to hear this, and did not decrease when he got to talking to himself. How many times have you been wrong? And you started talking to yourself. Remember, he was a great man. He was an honorable man. He was a man of valor. But when he was told something that he didn't want to hear, he went from being furious, and then he got to talk. Got the stirring up the fool in him. Bible says he went from being furious to being in a rage. But listen. While he was mad, he was still a leper. I'm warning somebody. If you don't change your attitude, you're going to remain who you are. This is God's way of telling somebody, you have brought yourself as far as you can take yourself. Financially, physically, emotionally, happiness, You come as far as you're going. Unless you do your part. Now it took some bold servants to basically say to Naaman, all you had to do was just do your part. You seen the prophet. You heard from the prophet. Do you not know every Sunday when you leave here, you heard from the house prophet. Now all you have to do, no matter what happens, is to do Look at me and say, God talking to you. Specifically about your problems. Tell your neighbor, to get that problem solved, to get the answer, to get the wisdom, to get the results, you got to do your All I had to do was go down there, dip seven times, 
Listen to me. And God got to heal me. All I got to do is give right and God got to bless me. He got to bless. He promised houses. He promised land. He promised healing. He promised deliverance. He promised protection. All I got to do is do my part. And what is not supposed to touch me can't touch me. Can't touch me. All I got to do is go out here. This is what God told me. And trust me. See, when I opened the church back up, when folk thought it should have remained closed, I knew we had to do our part. Because we couldn't live shut up in the four walls. We either had to trust him or live in fear from here on out. God said, do your part. Open up my church. And don't close it again. And I will protect the people. So fell out with me for doing my part. He went and dipped. He did his part. He was obedient. The Bible said he was restored. What was incurable. When he did his part, God brought the antidote, the solution. Are you listening, refuge? I want to repeat it again. Many of you do not have certain things. You're not experiencing certain things because you're not doing your part. Your part may not be the person's part who's sitting beside you. Come on. But when God through the pulpit releases instructions, do your part. In personal prayer, do your part. Somebody give you a word, do your part. Look at somebody and just say, do your part. I'm done with the message. Come on, give him a praise. We pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.